Hey, guess what? It's time for Making Kayfabe with your hosts, Bryce and Dylan. Welcome to Making Kayfabe, the comedy show where two writers, Bryce and Dylan, jump in their time machines to find wrestling's biggest missed opportunities and try to fantasy book them in a way that makes sense. Today, we're going to be talking about Steve Blackman and the infamous, and I believe it's earned the term infamous, Brawl for All tournament, which took place in the summer of 98. And uh, hey, we've got, we've got plenty of time to talk about that. But first of all, I'm Bryce. I've got my co-host, Dylan, Lethal Weapon Copeland here. And let, let's just find out how that little rapscallion is doing. How's it going, Dylan? Or as your friends call you, the Lethal Weapon. Oh, well, thanks, Bryce. Or as your friends call you, Mr. Kickass. That's what they do call me. I couldn't think of a uh, business, Bryce, if you will, or Mr. Kickass. Either, either is acceptable. Yeah. Um, I'm doing very good, uh, Mr. Kickass. Thank you very much for asking. You know, uh, people do call me the lethal weapon. You know, it might be an exaggeration. It might be because I've killed 70 people. Hmm. Hard to tell. Hard to tell. It's, pr- it's fairly lethal. You know, that's the thing. Like, you are Quite the lethal, lethal weapon as well. It's yeah. not like you use the lethal weapon. You are the lethal weapon. They did use me in one of the wars. I don't remember which war was it because they don't tell me nothing. They just kind of like open the cage and like shoot me out and then I just kill a bunch of people and they put me back in the cage. That's yeah. how wars usually work. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I haven't haven't done a whole lot since then. You know, just random murders here and there. Anyway, this is getting off to a weird start. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Blackman. Let's, let's not talk about me killing people because that might be used in a court of evidence someday. And I wouldn't like that. So, yes, I'm very interested to hear about Steve Blackman. Well, Steve, Steve Blackman, like, I know, like, um, put it up on Twitter, and there's not there's not really one wrestling fan who doesn't kind of fondly remember Steve Blackman. He's held uh, many accolades in professional wrestling, such as being a six-time hardcore champion, um, etc. But, yeah, beloved by wrestling fans simply because he's just a fucking badass. There's not as many guys as legit as Steve Blackman. Steve Blackman is legit as they come, and that showed not only through his professional wrestling moves, but also his brief appearance in the Brawl for All, which we'll touch on in just a moment. Uh, have you got any favourite memories about Steve Blackman, Don? Yes, I do. One of my favourite memories of Steve Blackman is Head Cheese. Ah, oh, fuck off. Because my friend had WrestleMania 2000 on like tape, you know, on VHS mm. tape years ago. And I love, you know, I love Al Snow. You do love so Al Snow. I love that bit where Al Snow is like, ah, you have to wear the cheese hat. And I'm like, ah, oh, classic Al Snow. What a great bit, right? So I love that. It turns out, it- if you if you watch that WrestleMania, including that match, not so good. Mm. The match itself, I mean, it, it did so- wonders for Blackman's career. Yes, look at him now. Dale Bondsman. Exactly. Now he... <laughs> You know, help. He's now he's out of the wrestling business for good. So you can see it really did a good job on Steve yeah. Blackman. You <laughs> go and get a, a better job where he didn't look like a fucking idiot all the time. You know, uh, yeah. what else did I like with Steve Blackman? Well, I, I was gonna say that I did like how he maneuvered away from pro wrestling to go into a, a very interesting kind of profession afterwards, which kind of suits his his skill set. You know, he does mm. like he is legitimately like a fucking kick ass guy, right? Yes. So I thought that was pretty cool. Also, didn't he jump off uh, a thing at SummerSlam one time on Shane McMahon? He did jump off a thing at SummerSlam one time on Shane McMahon. That was when he hit Shane McMahon with a candlestick and then fucking Shane McMahon fell like 100 feet and oh, then yeah. Blackman jumped 100 feet. Yeah, That was pretty cool, right? That's like his, his best moment ever, right? That was, that was probably the most kind of famous Steve Blackman moment, I think. Yeah, and I'm like, that's cool. Like, why couldn't they capitalize on this? Like, I know he couldn't really cut a promo, but I'm like, 
he kicks ass. Fucking, who cares mm. if he can talk? He's like, that guy doesn't need to talk, right? Mm. He doesn't need to come out fucking allocution lessons that I say, my dear fellow. Would you like a, for you and I to have a, a good old round of physicals? Like, he's fucking Steve Blackman. Hit him with a candlesticks, right? That's all he had to do. <laughs> Speaking you know of mean? fisticuffs, speaking of fisticuffs, this is also we're also going to touch on the brawl for all in in today's episode. Like, you know, have you got any thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> How long we got? <laughs> yeah, do I have any thoughts on this? Uh, my thoughts are, uh, it's not a good idea, mm. and I, I'm just going to leave it there. Mm. Mm. I think that's all I need to say. Have you? I mean, Bryce, you had to watch this. I did. <laughs> you had to watch the brawl for all in in order to research today's episode. I didn't. So yeah. you, I mean, you know, like we'll go into it in the episode, but like I, I did watch most of the brawl for all, and I found it, I found it kind of a uh, like awesome, uh, not awesome, like, entertaining in a weird way, kind of thing. <laughs> like watching it and just thinking, like, how could this happen during the the the, the hottest period in the Attitude Era when you've got. Steve Austin feuding with McMahon, you've got um, The Rock up and coming heel, you know, you've got guys like uh, Shamrock, you've got Mankind, you've got Undertaker, you've got Kane, and all these awesome things are happening in the show, and you've got this fucking random boxing tournament in, in the show. Like, I, I don't know, I, I watched it and I was just uh, totally engrossed with it, but it's, uh, yeah, just, I can see why it gets the hate that it got. You didn't, you didn't name Triple H in one of those top guy. Well, they not D- that's it. DX were on the round as well. He was European champion at the time, so you know, uh, there's there's loads. That's I mean, there's so many people on the roster. It's a static roster at that point. And then you're like, well, I wonder why guys like The Rock and Triple H didn't want to do the punch mm. in the face tournament. I don't, I don't understand why they didn't put put their best guys in the punch in the face tournament. Exactly. Just, you know, Savio Vega, that's cool. Steve Blackman, I dig it. Bart Gunn, of course. You know, let's not Fuck kill him. ourselves here. Wouldn't it have been nice to have like a would that would that have given the game away too much if the Undertaker was in it? You're like, oh, Undertaker's gonna win. <laughs> exactly. I don't know, man. There's some. There, I was watching this. Some proper badasses in that tournament. You mentioned Savio Vega there. He fucked up Brackus. He absolutely I love Savio Vega. Up. <laughs> I actually do love Savio Vega. But no, man. It's uh, it was interesting to watch, but it's just uh, like watching a car crash thing. You can't really look away. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it in the episode. But first, the KPF community, they, they sure have some memories of Steve Blackman. So let's read out a few comments from the KPFers as we can see what they were saying on Twitter and Instagram. So yeah, every week we ask our listeners on Twitter and Instagram, at Making what they think about this week's rebooking subject. And boy, howdy, did we get some great comments this week. And first off, the, the episode subject was successfully guessed by Connor at the Wrestling With Fiction podcast this week, so go and check him out. But let's see who we got here. We got uh, David Mabley at Big the Big Daddy D1, so close to Big Daddy V. He says, um, good to see Steve Blackman getting the recognition he deserves. Although I always preferred the other nickname, The Silent Assassin, it just rolls off the tongue a lot better, Silent Assassin Steve Blackman, in the same way that Stone Cold Steve Austin does. Um I did not know that was his nickname. No, I didn't know that either. I like to be like the really loud assassin. Mm. <laughs> just, like, you fucking know I'm coming. You know what I mean? Comes through the like, wall with the Kool-Aid man or something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, like banging a fucking spoon against a tin can or whatever. I'm like, here it comes, like shooting fireworks out of my fingers. That's more intimidating, if anything, because like he's not even trying to sneak up on you. He's like, he's coming for you, like fucking full throttle. No, but but the, that's the thing about Steve Blackman is that yeah, he's like a ninja. He kind of sneaks up on you. He's got the you know the the karate moves and stuff so he knows mm. how to like sneak up in here i'm not sophisticated like that so like steve black can get in and out he can kill you you wouldn't even know it 
That's yeah. exactly it. The silent assassin. Whereas I'm like, everybody, I'm gonna shoot you tomorrow at six o'clock. You know. As long as you advertise it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but that, sorry. But that name is it. That name is a lot better than Deadly for Weapon. I think like the silent assassin Steve Blackman. That that. So that a lot better that, than head cheese. Yeah, it is a lot better than head cheese. I'll give you that. David Gray uh, at Gunner Dave eighty three. He says. One of my favourite mid-carders. Legitimised the hardcore division and should have had an IC title run or even a tag title reign either with Ken Shamrock or Al Snow. Do you remember when he tagged with um, Grandmaster Sexy? Yes, I do. <laughs> I was like... It was, a, it was a fucking copy and paste of what he did with Lance Storm. It was, uh, like, yeah. Lance Storm with uh, Al Snow. Al Snow, exactly. I remember watching it. I'm like, this is exactly the same as Hedgies. This is exactly mm. the zany guy and Steve Blackman's the straight guy. Yeah. And then fucking... Grandmaster Sexy got released or something, so you're like, come on, man, give this guy yeah. a proper tag team partner. Exactly, like, that, look, that's literally what it was, and that's that's what pissed me off as well. It's just a copy and paste of the same fucking thing he did, and just, yeah, I don't know. But see, David's he's also posted a link to a clip of what I think is from an episode of Monday Night Raw, and it's it's Al Snow reading Steve Blackman a poem as Steve Blackman just like beats up like five or six jobbers in the background. One of which the, I think the Mean Street Posse. Was it Mean Street Posse? Jobbers. <laughs> oh wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Hang on a minute. Mean Street. Oh no, I'm sorry. They are the very definition of a yeah. Jobber. Yeah, you had a fifty percent chance of getting that right. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> but fucking great segment. I laughed my ass off at that. Yeah. Um, I miss going outside. From the making cafe Patreon page says hey. Steve Blackman. E Steve Blackman. Fucking hell. How do you get a guy with such a natural menacing aura and legit skill and not even try with him? I know this is going to be a killer episode. If you take nothing else from his real WWF run, at least make him wear the cheese hat once. Yes. No. <laughs> this guy gets it. Head cheese. This is going to be. I, I hate to say it, this. This is going to be a cheese hat free story. No, it's it's, it's not. It's, it's it's not happening. What? Bryce, I what? I put up a, with a lot through this podcast, but I think <laughs> that this is. I, I'm going to have to quit the show. It's, it's, it's too much to ask. You're gonna have if to quit. If you don't have Steve Blackman it's... wearing a cheese hat, I'm gonna have to. This might be the last episode, guys. Uh well, we'll see. We'll see. Don't don't don't, don't hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, though, like natural menacing aura and legit skill is like one of the best kind of like succinct ways I've heard of describing Steve Blackman because that that is basically him. You have to have, have that menacing aura and legit skill. Like you can see where he's fucking not kendo stick. What do you call him? Nunchucks. Um, where he's yes. doing the fucking skill shit and all that. I don't know what you call it. What do you call it? <laughs> skill um, shit. You know, skill shit. You know. Yeah, it's just it's just bizarre that he wasn't given a, a real chance in the WWF. So. But hey, that, that's all we've got time for this week. But I want to give a huge shout out to everyone else who kindly left, left comments at Making Kayfabe on Twitter and Instagram. That includes Wrestling With Fiction Podcast, Kayfabe Chrissy Cat, Kyra and Kai, Richard Query, and Dan from the Sweet Chimai Podcast, and Andy McEwen. You hey. folks are all awesome. And he really wants. He really wants that bark gun episode. Oh, Andy fucking wants that bark gun want, episode. I, that's the Nothing thing. Else. Once, <laughs> once you started teasing people about the brawl for all, I'm like, people are gonna think you're gonna do bark gun. They're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna disappoint somebody. We have a we have another listener who always uh, guess he's Mark Merrow as well for like this. <laughs> he's a brawl I would for love Arno. to do. I would love to do Mark Merrow. I I really like Mark. His theme music is fucking banging, dude. And that's about it. <laughs> he did a really good moonsault. <laughs> He was a boxer. Yeah, he was, he's, he's a boxer he, doing moonsaults. He had plenty going for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Uh, it's able to get it. Yeah, <laughs> 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 
Anyway, uh, I think okay. it's time we did a catch up on Steve Blackman. How about it? Let's do it. So I'm going to split this catch up into two parts because the main story is going to build from both. So I'm going to talk about Brawl for Raw and Steve Blackman to kind of provide context for today's booking. So Brawl for Raw. Uh, boy, have we been waiting a while to cover this one. Now, your, your jaw might drop when I tell you this, Dylan. Make sure you're sitting down as well. But the Brawl for Raw. I always do the show standing up. <laughs> <laughs> I never sit down. I'm not allowed to. <laughs> on, on this occasion, make sure you're sitting down. But the Brawl for All was a Vince Russo original, bro. What? Right? I was like, what? No way. <laughs> Vince Russo came up with this. But it's a perfectly logical storyline. But it was tournament. so bad. How could Vince Russo have come up with a bad storyline? <laughs> do you know the um? Do you know the story of how he came up with it? Oh, do you want? I think I do, but I've forgotten it. It's uh, basically, so, as, as Vince Russell tells it, you know, Big Bastard Bradshaw is going around backstage saying how that he can beat anybody in a bar fight. So, Vince Russell's all like, you know what, bro? I think you better prove that, bro. Let's organise a fighting tournament, bro. And He's an like, idiot. He's an idiot. Bradshaw proves it every time he goes in the fucking ring. Have you not seen him beat the shit out of people? Yeah. <laughs> surely, surely out of all the people backstage, I wouldn't go up to Bradshaw and go, oh, you think you're a big man, do you? I'm like, he is a big man. <laughs> He's right? a big man. Yeah. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Why would you question that? But, like, that's what I that's what I hear about the brawl for all, is that somebody in the middle of their show, which is supposed to look like it's real, said, okay, this is a real bit. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, the rest well, is fake. Stone Cold the- and Undertaker and the shit. Like, that's all fake. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what? yeah, so you just don't give a shit about the rest of the garbage, but this fighting bit is fake, and that, or this fighting bit's real, and that bit happened to be the least entertaining bit on the show. What does that say, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's um, It was it was totally bizarre, and it was a shoot fighting tournament. Like, it was totally shoot fighting. There's no doubt about it. Like Legitimate shoot matches on a pro wrestling show. So it started with 16 participants in what was a kind of knockout tournament. Uh, pun intended and each match would consist of three one minute rounds uh, whoever landed the most punches in a round got five points a clean takedown would get you five points too and a knockout would get you ten points if there was a knockout the match would end and then three judges would decide on a winner so like right away from from the start so if you get three takedowns and then your opponent knocks you out you still win mm-hmm. that, 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 that's how the grows went so already it's like fucking ridiculous but um <laughs> Even before the fucking first punch was thrown. But, and you know what? That brings us to how many Brawl for All contestants can Dylan name in 30 seconds? Okay. I'm going to get a 30 second timer on my phone right now, Dylan, and you have 30 seconds to tell me as many Brawl for All contestants as you can. Three, okay. two, one, go. Well, we got Bradshaw and Steve Blackman. We got Bart Gunn. We've got uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Um, who else? Mark Mero? Did I say Mark Mero? Yep. I think I did. Um, oh, Savio Vega. Yeah. Oh. 10 seconds. Somebody else is not very good. Not Savio Vega, though. He was good. Uh, oh, Five seconds. Uh, Vince Russo's car. Michael <laughs> yes, Cole. Vin, yeah. What were you expecting me to say there? Yes, Vince Russo's car was in the brawl for all. Michael Cole, was he in it? <laughs> You Can you imagine him just beating the shit out of Michael Cole? <laughs> 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 Do 
to be honest, there's a lot of people that I wasn't, uh, I, I couldn't remember being in it either. So it's not an easy game, but you got one, two, three, four, five, six out of 16. Uh, so <laughs> that sounds like a feel. You, you got Steve Blackman, Mark Merrill, Bradshaw, Savio Vega, Bart Gunn, and Dr. Dev Steve Williams. You could have chosen Mark Canterbury, aka Henry Godwin. Oh. Uh, there was Brackus, uh, Big Roy. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. um, Draws was there. Oh. Or as he was known at the time, Puke. There was Hawk. Hawk was there. Oh, okay. Uh, Hawk and Draws fought each other, actually. Um, there was Bob Holly, <laughs> okay. who got his fucking ass kicked by Bart Gunn. Uh, there was Quebecer Pierre. Oh, the Godfather was in it. God, Godfather was in it, yeah. Um, he was there. So uh, Quebecer Pierre, aka PCO. Dan Severn was there for one round. What well, he did one round, like, ah, I'm done. Yeah, he gave up. He kind of said he's got nothing left to prove after he beat the Godfather. Eight yeah, Ball no. was there. Um, oh, Eight Ball, he didn't win. No, he didn't win. No, fucking. Oh, um, and uh, Two Cold Scorpio as well. So, oh, dude, Scorpio ribs. There you go. So that, that was your all star lineup for the uh, for the brawl for But again, though, if you have Scorpio on your fucking roster, hmm. are you gonna? All right, have a fist fight with that guy. Like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, who as a Booker would use that guy like that? Ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's it's a very bizarre bizarre lineup, and uh, it makes sense why I'm not reading out names like Undertaker, Triple H, you know, Kane, like you know, but it was a total fucking mess basically, and and that's kind of putting it lightly. So first off, Ken Shamrock, the roster member with perhaps one of the most impressive shoot backgrounds, he refused to compete in it because the cash prize seventy five grand was so much less than what he'd make for a UFC fight, for example. Dan Severn, uh, another legit fighter. He lasted one round before giving up, um, saying he had nothing to prove, as I just said there. Our man Steve Blackman, again, another legit fighter. He was forced to leave the tournament after one round, uh, which we'll touch on very soon. And every match, or bout, or whatever, featured chants from the crowd like, we want wrestling, and uh, the dreaded boring chants, because, you know, it wasn't wrestling. You imagine one segment of Stone Cold hitting the stunner and Mr. McMahon, and the next segment you've got fucking Brackus and Savio Vega in a boxing match. You know, it's it's just not what the fans wanted, and they were pretty vocal about it. And uh, yeah, like I mentioned, just Savio Vega has totally fucked up Brackus. That that's one that's worth watching actually. Just Savio Vega fuck up this huge guy. Um, like Brackus didn't stand a chance against Savio Vega. But anyway, let's Nobody be real. Does. Yeah, Let, let's be real here. Brawl for All was slap bang in the middle of the hottest period in pro wrestling history in the summer of 1998. So, like, like I said, it was uh, Stone Cold and McMahon, it was Degeneration X, it was The Rock. King Mabel had just returned to fight Ken Shamrock. But basically, it was a, the time period where everyone was over from Mankind to The Headbangers to Undertaker to D'Lo Brown. You know, everybody yeah, was he, over, basically. No, I wouldn't. I mean, you just mentioned King Mabel. I wouldn't say everybody was over. King Mabel was over as fuck. Like, Poppy got in return. With, with, like, with from you. me. Like, yeah, it's over with you. But I love the idea of you sitting in your house, like watching him come back from a show from like 25 years ago. And you're like, oh, shit, he's back. Yeah. And you like doing a fist pump in your like, living room. Like, yeah. Dude, I swear to God, it was like the first episode of what Raw I watched for this. And it was just like, happened to be the episode where Mabel was coming back. I was like, fucking brilliant, man. It, it was uh, Ken Shamrock was uh, feuding with uh, a few people who the better king is. And, uh, you know, because he, he's the one king of the ring. And I think he, he beat Triple H in own heart in a match. And then fucking Mabel came out and just uh, obliterated him. So, because he's the best king ever, basically. So, um, he was, you know, it's true. Uh, hey, William Regal was king. 
I mean, he was, but Viscera, like... Kurt Angle's the fucking king. Viscera, you know... You gonna you gonna publicly state that you think that Viscera is a better wrestler than Kurt Angle? Then by all means, Bryce, put that on record. Yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the... Overall plan for Brawl for All um, was for Dr. Death Steve Williams to win the tournament and start a big feud with the WWF champion Stone Cold. Uh, Steve Williams was seen as like the, a tough guy, you know, being incredibly accomplished in amateur wrestling. So he, he was a favourite, basically. But unfortunately for Steve Williams, amateur wrestling doesn't really prepare you for a kind of bullet uppercut to the jaw, um, which is exactly what Bart Gunn hit him with to eliminate Steve Blackman via knockout from the Brawl for All tournament. Bart Gunn went on to win Brawl for All after punching out Bradshaw in the finals. And uh, WWF did not plan for this, nor did they follow up on it. And, like, I'm not even joking, they did nothing with Bart Gunn for the longest time. They did not capitalise on the victory. They just dropped the whole fucking thing. So, you know, fuck you for winning this shoot-fighting tournament, you idiots. Didn't he fight Butterbean at WrestleMania or something? Eventually, seven yeah. months after Brawl for All, <laughs> they schedule a shoot match between Bart Gunn and professional boxer Butterbean for WrestleMania. And uh, how sense. long do you think that lasted? Oh, 23 seconds. 35 seconds. Hey. Where Butterbean knocked Bart Gunn out, which I guess was the WWF's revenge for Bart Gunn being tougher than everyone in the roster. You know, what a weird way to end that. I mean, Butterbean's legit, right? He's yeah, fucking... Butterbean's a fucking badass. Yeah. Like, I've seen Butterbean face. Like, I don't like he's, why. He's why? Like, yeah, he's kind of seems this like almost like comedy boxer, but that guy throws. He a can do, but that's punch. exactly like you think he's a fucking idiot, but I'm like, he's grounded. Like you don't understand yeah. how perfect that is for being a boxer. Like he can yeah. absorb punches and he can hit you really fucking hard. He's really yeah. good at that. So like, He'll why would they up. put right? So why would you put <laughs> Bart Gunn? Who? No offense. I don't know if he is a trained boxer, but Butterbean sure is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. would, what the fuck? And you saw what happened to WrestleMania. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, fucked cool. up. <laughs> it's so weird. And they done it seven. They didn't do anything with Bart Gun for seven months, and then they done that. It's, it's the weirdest to, fucking thing. Yeah, no wait till WrestleMania. You know, you can't do that thing. At, at, you uh, but know. no builds. It's, it's I don't know. It's uh, well, anyway. W- but... WWE put on a match with no build. Get out of time. <laughs> But at that time, at that time, they were doing actual storylines and, and good booking, you know. But hey, what what can, what can you do? So where does Steve Blackman come into it all? So Steve Blackman, he was a part of Brawl for All. And we'll get on to his involvement in the tournament in just a second, because I first want to highlight Steve Blackman's plan going into Brawl for All. So a, a long time ago now, I, I actually bought uh, Hardcore Holly's autobiography. Um yeah. I don't know why, but uh, I I needed reading material for a holiday and it seemed like the best option at the time. It's a good book, actually. I I I heard it was really good. But here's here's what Hardcore Holly wrote about Steve Blackman in the Brawl for All tournament. And I think you're going to fucking love this. So here's what I wrote about it. As soon as Steve Blackman found out he was in the Brawl for All, he started training. He was dead serious about hurting people. In the meeting, when the rules were explained, they told us that it was anything goes. And Steve said, so that means if I want to take somebody's knee out with a kick, I can do it, right? Right about then, they decided they needed to make some rules. (laughs) (laughs) I think they got worried that Steve might kill people. And you know what? He probably could have. There is nobody more dangerous than Steve Blackman, period. 
He knows every element of the fighting game. He's strong, he's smart, he's lightning quick. He's a well-rounded fighter. Unfortunately for him, but fortunately for the rest of us, Steve hurt himself training against a 300-pound guy who rolled on Steve's legs and blew out his knee. If that hasn't happened, Steve would have won the whole thing, hands down. So, yeah, Steve Blackman, he's, he's clearly got a reputation for being fucking legit. He wanted to kick folks' kneecaps out. <laughs> I mean, he's got a point, though. Like, if it's, if he wants to find out like, exactly what he can do. But also, he's probably warning the company itself because he's like, I'm a legit fucking yeah. fighter here. These guys, you need these guys to be healthy and happy to go to work every day. Let's, mm. Let me clear up what the rules are because if you say to a legitimate you know, MMA fighter, hey, there's no rules in this. They yeah. know how to fucking break your leg, right? Straight so, for the kneecap, yeah. Exactly. So, like, it's it's smart for him to go in there and try to lay down some parameters so that mm. that shit doesn't happen. Or, you know, what they really should have done was that, hey, Vince Russo, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's what they should have said instead of all yeah. this shit, but whatever. But, like, Steve Blackman surely should have just not mentioned that he can kick people's kneecaps out. He just kept quiet. And then in his first match, he would have just, like, fucking, I don't know, killed some dude. But well, that's, what, that's what I mean. Like, if, if he'd have done that, then the WWE themselves would have been like, why'd you do that? And he'd be like, well, you said there was no rules. And then, Exactly. Like, There'd probably be some kind of like bullshit after that, and he's like, "I'll just, I'll just clear it up beforehand so that I don't get in trouble," you know? Yeah, they make him face butterbean or something, yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly, and he's a nice man, Steve Blackman. He's just doing, he uh, you know, he's he's a very nice man. Really nice man. Yeah. Great, great man. Gotta yeah. say, nice, nice, nice man. Nice, nice man. Really uh, nice. So nice. He's. Uh, have you seen a nicer man? Uh, no, I gotta say, Steve Blackman's the nicest man I've ever met. So nice. Nice man. Yeah. Yeah. Really nice. Um. <laughs> as far as uh, as far as Blackman's performance in Brawl Frog goes, he absolutely destroyed Mark Merrill in round one. Uh, I watched the match, uh, the fight or whatever, and, and basically Blackman just goes for takedown after takedown on Merrill, and he lands them. Uh, you know, during the three one-minute rounds, I swear to God, he must have got like ten takedowns on Mark Merrill. Merrill could just do fuck all to stop them, and. During it, like Steve Blackman just looked like an absolute machine. This is like Blackman in peak shape, and the guy was huge and ridiculously quick for someone of his size. I can only kind of echo what Hardcore always says: if Steve Blackman stayed in the tournament, he'd have won it hands down. But as mentioned, he got uh, injured while training for his next match, which was set to go be against Bradshaw. So he had to pull out the tournament. And unfortunately, we never got to see Bradshaw getting knocked out by Steve Blackman, which is a total sin. And yeah, once he returned, he had a few notable stories, storylines and matches. Probably, as we mentioned earlier, his biggest and most famous match was against Shane McMahon at SummerSlam 2000, where uh, Shane McMahon famously fell like 100 feet or something off the stage after Blackman hit him with a kendo stick. Other than that, Blackman would form what was basically a comedy act with Al Snow, playing the straight-faced man with a wacky tag team partner role, which, as you mentioned, he would do later with Grandmaster Sexy as well. And what was the name of the team, Bryce? Doesn't matter. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then he spent most of his time in a hardcore division before being released in 2001. And um, yeah, to this day, Steve Blackman and uh, Head Cheese are, yes. <laughs> are kind of nostalgia, nostalgia inducing kind of fan favorite act, you know. And, uh, and he's basically considered to be one of the, the biggest missed opportunities in wrestling with his great look and intense matches. He just seemed a dead cert for a main event role in the WBF. So 
you know what, let's just let's just fucking rebook Steve Blackman in the summer of nineteen ninety eight. You know, we've not done a lot of actual Dara rebooking, so you know, let's just dive right fucking in the middle of it, right, right into the fucking hot part of the actual era. So let's do it. Let's rebook Steve Blackman. Yeah. Here we go. Let's brawl for it all. Now, the actual brawl for all isn't going to feature much in this rebooking, but the context is important, which is why I kind of built so much of the catch up around it. I know it's a shoot tournament and all, but this story is basically going to imagine a world where Steve Blackman won the brawl for all, and what could have happened after if he'd if he'd done so. So, let's pretend that injury didn't happen and Blackman just continues to fuck shit up in the brawl for all tournament, doing everything apart from kicking his opponent's knees in half. And with the way the brackets worked out, after beating Mark Merrill, Steve Blackman would have had would have had to defeat Bradshaw, Draws, and then Bart Gunn to win the brawl for all, and. I don't want to come across as like too idealistic here, but Steve Blackman should have steamrolled all of those guys of relative ease. And I mean, I didn't mention this earlier, but Mark Merrill, um, the guy who Steve Blackman did beat in the first round, he was an accomplished, legit boxer. Yeah. And he won like several boxing titles in New York. Uh, Merrill, let's do my research here, but M- Merrill won the New York Golden Gloves tournament for three years in a row. And like I said, I'm, I'm no expert at all, but my research into that told me that other Golden Gloves winners include Floyd Mayweather, Mike Tyson, and Oscar De La Hoya. So, you know, quite legit, basically. Mark Merrill won the same thing as they did. And Steve Blackman, like, despite that, he beat Mark Merrill, despite, you know, Merrill's impressive boxing background. So, in my mind, I think he could take out Bradshaw Draws and Bart Gunn with relative ease. So that's where we're going to be kicking off. So Steve Blackman, is one brawl for all, which concluded on the August 24th Raw. He defeated Bart Gunn in the final, but unlike Bart Gunn's win, we're actually going to make this a big deal. So first off, we'll make it a moment because when Bart Gunn won brawl for all, he literally left the ring, walked up the ramp, and that was that. Didn't see him for seven months. Yeah. Uh, in this story, um, you know, let's let's give Blackman a bit of celebration at least, you know, like get some pyro going, give him a trophy, give me a medal, you know. Maybe maybe like a new hat. Like maybe looks... a hat made of cheese. No, yeah. no, 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 you almost got me. But basically something something to show that, you know, this badass is worthy of screen time, you know. maybe you get like a famous boxer to hand over the trophy. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if any on second thoughts. I don't know if any boxers would want to be associated with that. Um, but you know, but you get what I mean. Like, make, make it a big deal. Not just you know he's seventy five grand richer now, and then go on to the next segment. Just have a celebration, basically. So that's the August twenty fourth raw, and it just so happens that SummerSlam nineteen ninety eight is next week. That's August thirtieth. So for the show, we're going to advertise that we'll hear from Steve Blackman, who will break his silence after winning Brawl for All. So immediately there's hype there. You know, what does Blackman have to say after brutalizing four guys in the tournaments? We're going to immediately follow up on it. Well, we're going to find out what he has to say. But first, on SummerSlam 1998 in real life, there was a Lions Den match between Ken Shamrock and Owen Hart. Yeah, uh, dude. And Owen Hart had Dan Severn in his corner. So for those unaware, the Lions Den is like a cage, which is like attached to an eight-sided ring, which makes it octagonal. Yeah, it's like a circle, kind of. Yeah, um, it's like a MMA ring, but smaller, basically, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's much like smaller than a, a wrestling yeah. ring that just yeah. kind of has a cage wrapped around it, like a circle. Mm. And yeah, it, yeah, because it there's one at SummerSlam '99 as well, which was um, 
Steve Blackman I, and Ken Steve Shamrock, Blackman right? and Ken Shamrock, yeah, and that fucking yeah. rips, dude. There you go. Um, but I, in, in the 1988 version, Ken Shamrock, he, de- he defeats Owen Hart in nine minutes by ankle lock after Dan Severn refused to throw the towel in for Owen, uh, kind of walking out on him. So after the victory uh, in this fantasy booking, Ken Shamrock's going to get on the mic and he's going to cut a brief promo on Dan Severn for walking out on Owen before directing his t- attention towards, quote, a stupid tournament for flimsy wannabe badasses. And he's not going to mention Steve Blackman by name, but, you know, he'll do pretty much everything else. Essentially, he's talking down the brawl for all and saying that there's only one legitimate badass in WWF, and it's him, Ken Shamrock. And uh, in literally the next segment, we've got the brawl for all winner, Steve Blackman, getting interviewed by Michael Cole, and Cole's going to ask him his thoughts on the brawl for all, and more to the point, what Ken Shamrock just said after his victory in the Lions' Den match. And here's where we make the distinction between Steve Blackman and other wrestlers. So, like, you maybe agree, Dylan. Steve Blackman is fucking awesome, but I think we both know that he wasn't mm. um, a strong promo. You know, yeah, we, he, can, yeah we can agree on that. Yeah, yeah, like, and and that's fine. Like, he doesn't need to be. You know, see, whenever Steve Blackman's being interviewed, we're just gonna have him act like himself. You know, yeah. brief and to the point. He doesn't want to play wrestler after all. You know, he's. He's, he's not a wrestler. He's a fighter. And he proved that it brought for all. So, you know, all Steve Blackman is going to say in response to Michael Cole's question is that if Ken Shamrock keeps running his mouth, he's going to live to regret it. You know, he makes a promise. And that promise is that next time he sees Ken Shamrock, he's going to knock him out. And then he leaves. That's it. Short promo. To the point. You know, no theatrics. All you need. All you need. No, no gimmicks needed. You know, it's uh, just Steve Blackman. Steve Blackman is the gimmick. He doesn't need to be anything other than Steve Blackman. He's perfectly good at being Steve Blackman. Don't make him a big fucking pipe bomb promo cutter, you know? Yeah, um, he's pretty good at being strength. Steve Blackman. He's, yeah, he's, he's pretty great. good. Yeah. He's, as far as being Steve Blackman goes, he's number he's one. one. Yeah, he's one of the best, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Top top five, I would say. At least top five, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyway, the, the next night on Raw, Dan Severn is going to come down to the ring and... Like mo- most of you will know Dan Severn, but for those listeners who maybe weren't watching an Attitude Era or aren't familiar with MMA, uh, Dan Severn is one of the most badass motherfuckers on the planet. Yeah. Um, just like go to go to his Wikipedia and look up championships and accomplishments. It's fucking ludicrous. Not um, even just like look at a picture of him holding like seventeen belts that he won. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, All right, well, that's well, yeah. <laughs> good enough for me. He's like, and he's a in martial arts in mixed martial arts history. He's had 127 matches with 101 wins, 19 losses, and seven draws. That's he's wild. had over a hundred wins in, in MMA bouts, which is just ridiculous. And that's 50 more than I've had. That's at least 50 more than you've had, exactly. Yeah, maybe a little bit more. Than mm. Yeah, Dan Savage's a little bit, but more badass than you. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's. Yeah, at some point it was it was pretty close, but I I would say he's got the edge on me. Yeah, yeah, I think so. For for now, I mean, you've still got a lot yeah, of long way to go. That's true. For now, and then yeah. like tomorrow we wake up like Dan Severn wins wins another championship, and I'm like, oh dang it! I don't know, man. You're you're still mid thirties. You know, you, you can still you can still make it. You know, he's got a killer mustache as well. You can't do that. Oh, I so, can't do that. You know, <laughs> and also something else you can't do. He had the most badass like entrance music ever. Uh, the most you love under- the theme music. You love. Dude, I, I heard it. Right? Theme. I You've heard, heard it, it, right? Yeah, because I heard it and I was like, I don't remember it. And then you were like, dude, you did Dan Severn's theme music rips. So I was watching an old episode of of the 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 Attitude Era. It must have been Raw mm. or something. And I heard that. I'm like, oh, that's Dan Severn's music. And yeah. now, I, and that wasn't that long ago. 
I can't. I still can't remember it. <laughs> oh man, like I'm, I I'm heard gonna, it. I'm, I'm gonna play it in the podcast now. Like just okay. l- l- listeners, yes. imagine imagine this uh, music playing. Well, there's a fucking terrifying man walking towards you, with like an, with an, an ice cold stare, ready to kick your ass with this music playing. Like it's just incredible. <laughs> Oh yeah, now I remember that music. Yeah, that's <laughs> totally badass. Now that I've heard that music right there. <laughs> anyway, so that that's Dan Severin. Uh, at this time, he was kind of nursing a, a kayfabe neck injury, which in this story is going to sideline him into a more managerial role. He hasn't really done much wrestling for the WWF at this point. His biggest match is probably a losing effort to The Rock in the 1998 King of the Ring tournaments. But anyway. As mentioned, Dan Severn, previously known Hart's Corner for the Lions Den match, but now he's ready to announce his new client, since that didn't go very well. And of course, out comes Ken Shamrock to do a bit of gloating. So, you know, he beat Dan Severn's guy last night, and he's excited to see who Dan Severn will line up next for him. And Dan Severn, he's got a big smile on his face, and Ken Shamrock demands to know who the new client is, and Dan Severn replies, I think you already know. Viscera. Yes, exactly. Fucking Mabel. <laughs> I mean, that would be he hard to how how do you how do you MMA your way out of that one? You know. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. That, Answer think, is kick him in the dick. Yeah, kick him right in the dick. Oh, okay, favorite, kick him right in the dick. But that's the problem with Viscera because he's barely hangs down yeah, so does far. Doesn't have a dick. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like how you were like uh, uh, piece of trivia number seventeen on Viscera. From the Viscera Master, Bryce, of course. Uh, Viscera doesn't have a dick, so... (laughs) (laughs) Next. Uh... (laughs) Um, Not Viscera. Uh, Steve Blackman's entrance music hits, and out comes the lethal weapon, uh, or the silent assassin, as we should say. He walks down to the ring as Dan Severn announces him as his new client, and Blackman immediately squares up to Ken Shamrock, getting in his face, and the two men are just going to be shouting at each other, daring everyone to strike first, until Steve Blackman actually does. He headbutts Ken Shamrock, knocking him out, and then leaves the ring with Dan Severn by his side. And when they're gone, Ken Shamrock comes to, looking at the replay in the Titantron, and he is very unhappy. He snaps, he destroys a few things at ringside, extremely pissed off that Steve Blackman just made a mockery of him. So, yeah, it turns out that Steve Blackman, he used his brawl for all winnings, the 75 grand, to hire Dan Severn as a coach. Oh, I thought that actually, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Like, what, Look, you may as well use that to prove your own career. And Dan Severn's a trained, uh, you know, a, a martial arts legend at this point. So you may as well use him, right? I can't believe, see this WWE, this is all you had to do. Yeah. How hard was that? Simple as that. So again, dude, how many times have we done the show where like you just twist one thing and you're like, it's so simple. Yeah. It's so fucking obvious. Yeah. Why didn't they do this? Exactly. It's um, you know, it's uh the, the idea is that with Dan Severn's coaching, you know, Steve Blackman can could be able to find his way out of the, the lower mid card of nineteen eighty eight and find his way into the main event. So, you know, you may as well use Dan Severn for that, as we said. So um so next week. 
Ken Shamrock's going to get his revenge uh, on Raw. We're going to cut away from the live arena to a segment which appears to be in some kind of like a martial arts gym. You've got Steve Blackman there, dripping in sweat, furiously punching and kicking pads, which are held up by Dan Severn. And anyway, Dan Severn, he's going to exit the scene for just a second. He's going to grab some water. Unfortunately for Steve, that leaves a perfect opening for Ken Shamrock to sneak up behind him and pulverise his ankle with a cinder block. Oh, no. Yeah, Steve Blackman, he's screaming in pain as he falls to the ground, clutching his ankle. Bits of cinder block scattered around him. Uh, Ken Shamrock, he's locking on the ankle lock. Eventually, Dan Severn hears the screaming and runs back, but it's too late. Ken Shamrock has already escaped, and Steve Blackman is rolling about on the floor holding his ankle. Dan Severn, he looks pissed. He calls for medical attention, and the segment ends. In the following week, Ken Shamrock's going to come out and cut a promo. And God bless him, Shamrock wasn't that great a promo either. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to make this an easy one for him. Basically, Ken Shamrock's going to reveal that there is a reason that he was bitter about the Brawl for All tournament. And simply... It's because he wasn't allowed to compete. He was banned from entering the tournament because WWF had other plans for him. And get this, they didn't want Shamrock being injured at the tournament. You know, what an insult, you'll say. You know, if Shamrock's in the tournament, it's not him that's going to be injured. It's going to be him that's going to be doing the injuring. And he showed what he can do to Steve Blackburn last week. So that pissed him off more than anything. The insinuation that Ken Shamrock wouldn't make it through Brawl for All, so he was always going to be bitter towards the person who actually won it. So there's the reason for Shamrock being pissed off. As far as Shamrock's concerned, since Shamrock couldn't enter the tournament, Steve Blackman hasn't won anything until he's beaten Ken Shamrock. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to book a match this Sunday, September 27th at Breakdown in Your House. It'll be Ken Shamrock versus Steve Blackman. And Shamrock's obviously laid down the challenge, knowing that he took out Blackman's ankle last week and maybe um, this isn't said but it's hinted maybe he's insecure about Blackman winning the tournament you know maybe there's a slight bit of fear there from the world's most dangerous man maybe there's, there's a new sheriff in town and anyway Dan Severn he appears in the Titantron he's not there in the arena he's at the gym where he and Steve Blackman were trading last week and on behalf of his client he accepts Shamrock's challenge so it's official it's Steve Blackman versus Ken Shamrock at Breakdown in Your House. But that's not all, because Dan Severn knows Ken Shamrock's game, and he knows that Shamrock knows that Steve Blackman's ankle was fucked after the cinderblock attack last week. And then the camera pans, and we see six men lined up against a wall, each of them holding a cinderblock. And we see Steve Blackman standing in front of them in a martial arts pose, and we're going to have him kick and break each one of these cinderblocks. Kick, 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 kick. So much for the busted ankle. Steve Blackman has re recovered miraculously quickly, and now he's ready for Ken Shamrock at In Your House. So, shit is real. We get to break down In Your House, and it's Ken Shamrock versus Steve Blackman. And Steve Blackman from Anvil, Pennsylvania, and Ken Shamrock from Reno. Hey, Las Vegas, Nevada. I guess it's not Las Vegas, it's Reno, Nevada. <laughs> Where the fuck is Reno? Uh, Nevada! <laughs> and we're going to have a sort of a, a sort of kind of worked shoot match still here. Um, worked because by this time, WWF will probably realise that actual shoot fighting isn't working. But the match is going to be made to look as legit as possible to continue the narrative that Blackman is just a legit badass. And 
Of course, because we're pushing Blackman, Blackman's going to win this one. He gets a big, meaningful, built-up win over an established name, and that's basically page one, section A of how to get someone over. So, now that Ken Shamrock's out of the way, where do we go next? Or we're going to build to something... <laughs> we know. Uh, we're we're, we're going to build to something fairly big and showcase worthy at the next pay per view, which is scheduled to be Judgment Day on October eighteenth. And for the next few weeks on Raw, we're just going to straight up display how badass Steve Blackman is. And uh, to do that, we're going to put him in a series of handicap matches, so two on one, something three on one, where he just kind of kicks the shit out of these guys, despite them all attacking him at once. You know, think of the hallway scene from Old Boy. You know, the straight up badassery and domination from the martial arts expert Steve Blackman. And all the while, we're going to have Big Dan Severn on the mic bragging about how he has trained Steve Blackman to be unstoppable. And it doesn't matter how many men you throw at him, Steve Blackman will still come out on top. And to prove that, at Judgment Day in 1998, we're going to showcase Steve Blackman in the Blackman Gauntlet. That's right, Gauntlet match at Judgment Day. And in this gauntlet match, we're going to feature we're going to feature most of the guys who were in the Brawl for All tournament but didn't win. So I'm talking guys like Mark Merrill, Henry Godwin, Brackus, Bob Holly, Eight Ball, <laughs> Tuco, Scorpio, Stick of a Brackus, are you? <laughs> fucking Brackus, like fucking Brackus. They they all weren't really doing much around this time. So fuck it, feed them to Steve Blackman. I'd maybe cap all of this off by having the last guy to come out being Bradshaw, who Steve Blackman will defeat to end the thing because that would seem be seen as the most impressive win basically, because Bradshaw is a big dude. And ironically, in real life, Steve Blackman did defeat Bradshaw on Sunday Night Heat, literally on the day of the show. So nice. you know. I'm not stretching too far outside the realms of reality here. It did happen. So Steve Blackman's going to run the gauntlet and he's victorious. It's a total Steve Blackman showcase. We're just showing how dominant this guy is because we're playing him to his strengths, which is his impressive martial arts skills. We're not, you know, ugh, sticking a block of cheese on his head and forcing hey. it to be really funny, you know, because that would be ridiculous. But it would be funny. I don't know. Uh, anyway... I want to I want to highlight something very quickly that again did happen in real life at Judgment Day 1998 because this is going to play very nicely into where we're taking our story next. So in the main event, we've got Undertaker versus Kane with Steve Austin as a special guest referee. And there's a there's a long interesting backstory behind all this, but the best way I can sum it up is that Undertaker and Kane, they had an alliance with one another. Um, they took Austin on in a triple threat match for the WWF title, which was basically a handicap match because they're together, you know. They pinned Austin simultaneously, which led to Vince McMahon declaring the WWF championship vacant. Then Vince books Undertaker versus Kane for the WWF title at Judgment Day, with Austin being special guest referee. So, e.g., he makes the decision on who takes his title. So, he's been screwed, basically. But Austin didn't crown the new champion as referee, so he got fired by Mr. McMahon, and thus the WWF championship was still vacant. So... That's kind of where we're at at the moment. And until we reach the conclusion of this rebooking, which is going to be a Survivor Series, we've got to keep Steve Blackman fresh. We've got to keep Steve Blackman strong. He's already beat 10 guys in a special gauntlet match. So where does he go next? Nevada. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, today's joke. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a running gag. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, to, to kick off the next episode of Monday Night Raw, Mr. McMahon comes out and, just like he did in real life, declares a tournament for the vacant WWF Championship after he's bragging about firing Stone Cold Steve Austin for a while. And the tournament is set to take place as a Survivor Series, but Mr. McMahon he invited the whole WWF roster down to ringside so that he could make his announcement. And that means you've got Steve Blackman there with his manager, Dan Severn. But when Vince is making this announcement, who is the first to step in the ring but our man Steve Blackman? And he cuts Vince off halfway through his gloaty speech about how he fired Stone Cold last night. Dan Severin joins Steve Blackman in the ring as the lethal weapon stares down Mr. McMahon. And Severin gets on the mic and he tells Vince, it seems like Steve Austin is the main thing on your mind at the moment, McMahon. But it ain't Steve Austin you should be concerned about. It's Steve Blackman. The other Steve. The other Steve, exactly. So, And then you're going to get an up-and-coming heel called The Rock jumping in the ring with a microphone, laying down his claim that he'll be the next WWF champion. And then you get The Undertaker in the ring. And you get Kane and Paul Bearer in the ring. Then maybe you get Mankind in the ring. And maybe, like, Big Boss Man or something, I don't know. But basically all these men are going to declare themselves the next WWF champion before the tournament even starts. And it's going to erupt in a big, wild brawl involving the whole WWF roster at ringside. Eventually, there's going to be four men standing in the ring. And it's a standoff. You've got Undertaker, Kane, The Rock, and Steve Blackman. Possibly the four biggest and most pushed superstars WBF has at the moment, outside of the fired Steve Austin. And, you know, over the next few weeks, you're going to have various interactions between these four names. You can have tag matches like The Rock and Steve Blackman versus Undertaker and Kane. You can have singles matches with Blackman taking on The Rock or Undertaker or Kane, smudge it around a bit. Basically, what we're doing is building hype for this tournament that's going to take place in Survivor Series because, as it stands, these are going to be the four favourites to win it and become the new WWF champion. And all the while, we're going to be keeping Steve Blackman strong. You know, he can't lose, but if he does, it can't be clean. It's going to be a screwy finish of some kind because we're sending the guy to the moon, basically. He can't show too much weakness right now, especially if he's rubbing shoulders with the likes of The Undertaker and being considered a contender for the WWF title. So we'll do that for a few weeks. We'll give Blackman that final push he needs to be to at least be in the conversation for being a main event from the WWF. And then Survivor Series rolls around. It's tournament time. And listen to this. Steve Blackman, he's got recent experience in tournaments. You know, he just he just won Brawl for all, for crying out loud. And you know what else he's got recent experience in? Wrestling yes. multiple matches in the same night. Just like he did last month as Judgment Day, so in that gauntlet match. So, you know, wouldn't it make sense for Steve Blackman to be a, a in great standing for Survivor Series, a deadly game as they call it? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes. So, yeah, in the first round of the tournament, we'll have Steve Blackman beat Stephen Regal, who is also debuting around this time. And the third I fucking Steve. love Regal. Like, yeah, first Steve, like St- Stephen Regal's debuting, Viscera's coming back. Like, this is this is my time, man. This this is a yeah. <laughs> In the quarterfinals, Steve Blackman is going to defeat Al Snow, who also inexplicably went to the quarterfinals. And that's the only reason Al Snow is getting mentioned in a Steve Blackman rebooking. Then it comes to the semifinals, and Steve Blackman, let's be honest, he's only really beaten mid card level talent to get to here. And Al Snow. And and main event or Al Snow. But yeah, now it's time for a big fucking test, basically, because the other guy in the semifinals match is The Undertaker. 
And we're going to have a big match. You know, they're going to get the best of each other. But eventually, we're going to get Steve Blackman get that career-defining win because he's going to pin The Undertaker in 1-2-3 in the middle of that ring. Steve Blackman has made it to the finals of the Deadly Game Tournament and also in the final is The Rock. So basically, it's uh, an up-and-comer versus up-and-comer. You know, the stakes are extremely high. Neither man has main evented before and neither man has won the WWF Championship before. We are crowning a first-time champion either way. The Rock and Steve Blackman, they're both basically cardio machines, so they're going to give it their all in this match, but eventually, The Rock is going to be going for the rock bottom, and the ref is checking on Steve Blackman, and holy shit, from out of fucking nowhere, Dan Severn hits The Rock with a well-timed knockout shot. And the Rock staggers backwards, Steve Blackman finally gets to his feet after having his view obscured by the referee, Steve Blackman hits the pump kick and defeats The Rock to become the new WWF champion. And so you might be thinking, hold on a fucking minute here, Dan Severn, you know, basically why I'm putting Dan Severn here is at the King of the Ring 1998 tournament, as I mentioned earlier, again in real life, it was The Rock who eliminated Dan Severn from the tournament. And Dan Severn is still bitter about it. You know, he didn't want The Rock to get one over on one over on him again. You know, even though it's his client Steve Blackman rather than Dan Severn personally, Dan Severn is just so goddamn used to winning with his mixed martial arts career and the current hot streak with Steve Blackman that he couldn't stand seeing Steve Blackman lose to The Rock of all people, and that's why he interfered in the match. You know, he worked hard to get Steve Blackman to the top, and when The Rock was winding up for that rock bottom, Dan Severn thought that was going to be the end. You know, not on his watch. His client gets the win tonight because fuck the rock, you know. Anyway, um, we're, we're all, almost done with the rebooking, but there's a lot of lot of things you can do from here. So first off, C. Blackman didn't see his Dan Severn attack the rock. He's only going to find out after he's won the WWF Championship. So is he going to do the babyface thing where he maybe vacates the title out of respect, you know, offer the rock a rematch, fire Dan Severn as his manager? Or is he going to do the heel thing and keep the title despite Dan Severn's interference? You know, either way, he's going to be entering into a feud with The Rock, which gives The Rock the perfect opportunity to turn babyface too, because he was legitimately screwed out of the WBF Championship, no matter which way he slice it. And The Rock wants revenge on Dan Severn, and if he has to go through Steve Blackman to get it, then so be it. And hey, let's say Steve Blackman makes it through The Rock, and he's still WBF champion. Who's going to be waiting for him? It's obviously Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, they Stone Steve. Cold. The other Steve, exactly. Steve won. And Stone Cold, he knows that Steve Blackman is legit. He knows that Steve Blackman is a martial arts expert and somebody who is just a straight up badass. But you know what? It wasn't too long ago that Steve Austin was getting in the face of the baddest man on the planet, Mike Tyson. You know, Stone Cold wasn't afraid of Mike Tyson. He sure as hell isn't afraid of Steve Blackman. Steve Blackman has Stone Cold's WWF Championship. And Stone Cold's going to want that back at some point. Anyway, that's how you book Steve Blackman. Interesting. You got a lot of options there at the you end. You can go a lot of places. Yeah, exactly. We, you can't just make him champion. That's it. You got to go places with it. We always kind of do that on our show. We kind of leave the the uh, the endings kind of open ended so that mm. we have a lot of options. Because if it just ends with like, oh, he's a match with a rock, and that's the end. You're like, well, it should. You know, we always have like a lot of different uh, avenues to go down. Yeah. Options. It's always good to have options. So, I really like this storyline. I have a question before we get too deep in it, and you probably didn't think about it too much. 
Okay. I don't know what, I don't know what you're laughing about. The very the the simple question is, if if you have Steve Blackman coming out of Survivor Series with as as a champion, mm-hmm. because in real life, it was The Rock and he did that thing with Mankind before. Yes. Uh, Mania, and then he he after trading the belt with Mankind a little bit, The Rock went into WrestleMania as the champion to fight Steve Austin. Now mm. my question to you is, do you, you you you've alluded to Steve Austin having a match against Steve Blackman at some point? Two Steves. Yeah, the battle Steve's is Steve's. Matchup. Yeah. Would yeah. you have that at WrestleMania? Would you have Steve Blackman hold the belt from Survivor Series to WrestleMania, <sighs> or would you have it like a quick kind of like? You know, because because like like you said, you've got options. So you could do the Steve Austin versus Steve Blackman match at the Royal Rumble, for example, mm. and switch the belt onto Austin, and then go into WrestleMania with like the reverse kind of. Now Austin's the champion, and the Rock's chasing him. You know, mm. if you wanted to go down that avenue, or if you wanted to go down the avenue of maybe Steve Blackman, you know, catches in and tries to get his rematch at WrestleMania. I don't know, it, but like, what, what did you think about that? I assume you weren't gonna have. Steve Blackman as champion at WrestleMania? Yeah, I, I don't think I'd have him hold the belt for that long, but I mean, as a no man, like, it could it could always work. Uh, and that's that's one of the beauties of the story is you can you can have Steve Blackman hold the belt for a month if you want. He's already been built up, you know. Yes. Um, you know, he can always win that belt back at any point. Um so you know, you can have him uh, maybe you can have him last to WrestleMania. I don't see I mean I, I would go into the Steve Austin feud after the Rock feud. So mm. I, I don't know if you can make that feud last for that long to get to WrestleMania, but maybe you can. Maybe there's a way to do it. Maybe you align Steve Blackman with Vince McMahon, and they kind of um, formed a, form an alliance themselves against Steve Austin. So yeah, maybe that can last a long time. And um, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's maybe though. a way to go around it. But that's you know again like that's just an option. Mm. Uh, but yes, I really did like this story. There's a lot of stuff in it that made sense. You know me, I love it when wrestling makes sense, right? You do. Yeah. And uh, you connected a lot of dots, which I really liked. For example, I think my favorite part of the whole thing was the fact that you mentioned him going into this one night tournament at survivor series he already had experience with that from the brawl for all having a, a tournament where he had to fight a lot so it proved that he can work in a tournament and he can fight but then also from the gauntlet match from the month before that because that shows that he can fight multiple times in one night yeah. and then that shit that they can hype up in commentary and go this gives like you said steve blackman's going in there with three of the other biggest stars of the attitude era but if you have shit like that to say, well, Steve Blackman's a legitimate threat because not only did he win the Brawl for All tournament and he's a legitimate martial arts background, but these other two factors, he has experience with this and that, that makes him logistically a shoe-in for this tournament. Like, that's yeah. so smart. That's really that's- clever, right? I, I really like That's my favorite part because I'm like, that's like, fucking obvious, right? That's it. Yeah. See, when you're writing, when you write these stories and these storylines and stuff, like you gotta, the idea is to give the commentators something to talk about. That, that's the point in storylines to commentators yes. to put something over on the on, on the broadcast. So you know, if the commentators are mentioning that going in, and then you know, you see all this shit unfold where he beats Steve, Steve Regal, he beats Al Snow, and he beats Undertaker, and you're thinking, holy shit, this Steve Blackman guy is what the commentators are saying he is. Are he is legit based on the last few months, you know? So I thought that was really good, and like I said already, the bit where Blackman spends his his winnings from the brawl for all on dan severn mm. like as a coach i'm like that again that makes sense you know well, that's but, it because then what, what about gun do we 75 grand like he fucking stayed at home for seven months hookers <laughs> and blow. yeah <laughs> yeah maybe you're right he he was like he went up to visit ground like i will give you i i will give you seven seventy thousand or whatever it was but i want butterbean at wrestlemania <laughs> i'll pay you i'll give you the money back but i gotta fight butterbean have to fight Butterbean. I know I can beat him. 
<laughs> and Vince is like, oh, we're busy. Maybe at WrestleMania, seven months away. And then Bart's Bart, whatever, just give me Butterbean. <laughs> but anyway, um, yes, it's a very good storyline. I really liked it. It's really like smart and simple, and you know that's the shit I like. I'm like, it all makes sense if you look at it in a timeline perspective. Either way, all that shit makes sense. I'm like, this is what I like. No offense, Bryce. I'm not a big fan of the zombie lumberjacks, but this. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> this I can I can get. I I understand it. I dig it. I really did like this one. You know, not that I didn't like the zombie lumberjack one. You know what? You know what I mean, right? I know what you mean. It's got the Miz in it. It's got zombies in it. You know, you don't like Miz or zombies, <laughs> like so. <Miz>. You know, <laughs> I hate him so much. <laughs> but I, that that's um that that's one off the making kayfabe bucket list, I suppose. You know, Steve Blackman yes, was. Uh, you and me both yeah. have been talking about doing Steve because we both love him. Day one. And yeah. Yes, he was one of the guys who was very early on in the early days. Of making kayfabe legitimately was one of the guys we were talking about because we were just like how do we do a storyline that does him justice yeah and i think you did a really good job with that oh thanks man appreciate that yeah it's a long time coming and uh yeah there's there's still uh there's still so much to rebook isn't there there's uh, a yeah. no matter what viscera. Era, wrestling <laughs> viscera exactly king mabel <laughs> fucking big daddy v you know um, Daddy V again a <laughs> different a different one that's it, yeah, the, the world's largest love machine, you know. Yeah. But no matter what era of WWE you go to, I suppose there's something that just doesn't make sense. And uh, WWE are kind of creating nonsensical things every day, like um, every day. For example, the undefeated carrying cross losing to Jeff Hardy in 90 seconds this <laughs> I week. Know. I suppose, like, right to Jeff Hardy, yeah. who before this, no offense to Jeff Hardy, had been doing what? Yeah, exactly. It's just nonsensical, and like we could do, yeah, we could do a whole episode on that definitely. I think so, but we've still still got a lot of work to do basically for making kayfabe. It seems. Yeah, but we'll get there eventually. With, we'll get there with the support of our fans, our lovely fans. You guys are the best. Thank you very much for listening. You guys are the best, exactly. Thanks for listening, guys. But hey, you know what the fans also like? Money. And you know what else you like? Ice cream. And the third thing is Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no segue at all there. Let's all play right, Kayfabe Symbola. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks, it's time for everyone's favourite game, Kayfabe Tumbola. But first, we just want to drop in a little plug for our Patreon page. If you guys enjoyed the Steve Blackman rebooking, if you've listened to 10, 20, 30, 40 Making KFAP episodes and just want a great way to support us, Patreon is the place, folks. For just £5 a month, you can support Making KFAP and also get access to seven exclusive bonus rebookings on people like Brock Lesnar, Samoa Joe, Billy Kay and Mickey James, who we just, just uploaded this week. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff on there folks and even if you only subscribe for one month it really does a lot for the show so yeah you can find us at patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe that's patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe all right kayfabe tombola if this is your first time listening this is a part of the show where we play a little game i have four random wrestlers and four random scenarios numbered one to four in letter day to d dylan uh, I really hope so- you fucked it up. So I, <laughs> I know you were. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> ah, I'm the only one who fucked it up. I think you'll find that's my gimmick. Yeah, I don't exactly. want you coming in on my gimmick. I'm the idiot. All right, I'm no, the dumb. No one. gimmick infringement here. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm the clever one. And here's uh, the thing. I live the I live the gimmick. Some people think it's not even a gimmick. 
Some people are like, he really is that stupid. That's, that's just you. But basically, yeah, number one to four, four wrestlers, four scenarios, number one to four, letter day to D. They get submitted by one of our awesome listeners in the KFIV community. Dylan will give me a random number letter combination, and then he will have 60 seconds to spin the greatest wrestling storyline ever based on what he has chosen. There's usually some wacky shit that comes out of K-15 Bola, like the Blue Mini ending up in New Japan Pro Wrestling last week. Oh, that's good. Um, let's, just, let's just get into it. So this week's Timbola comes from longtime listener Spencer Taylor. Hey. Uh, at Taylor M Gaming on Twitter. That's Taylor spelled T-A-Y-L-O-R. Spencer, Hi. thanks for submitting this week's Timbola, mate. These are, Thank you. These are some awesome wrestling scenarios, by the way. You, you'll like oh, this no. one, Dylan. I, just, I want to quickly qu- quickly shout out uh, Spencer's YouTube channel as well, which you should totally all go and subscribe to because the dude clearly works really hard on it. He's got videos on two games which are near and dear to my heart, which is Football Manager and uh, Total Extreme Wrestling. Uh, oh, yeah. I know, I know you're not a football guy, Dylan, but did you ever play TEW? Yeah, I used to play it all the time, dude. I used to play dude. it all the time. I was going to say, I was, I'd be surprised if you didn't because it's so far up your street. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know what it is at home, it's basically like a a wrestling promotion simulator, I suppose. Like yeah, uh, with the right mods, you can like take control of like WWE, AW, Ring of Honor, whatever, and 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 book the matches you want to see, push the guys you want to push, or make your own promotion and build it up by signing your own guys. Kind of a fantasy booker's dream. And Spencer, he's got a channel where he plays through the latest TW game. He's got a video series right now where the scenario is that William Regal has left WWE and started his own promotion in the UK. And it's uh, there's a couple of episodes up right now. It's wicked good, man. Uh, everyone should check it out. It's youtube.com forward slash tailormadegaming. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and I like it youtube.com forward slash tailor made gaming there you go oh, everybody check that out damn right wait wait wait, wait, wait. i'm gonna say i'm gonna wait to say that until after i hear what his suggestions are before i start <laughs> telling people either, support either check this, this man or not either check this out or fuck this guy yeah yeah <laughs> if he's funny you'll give an endorsement for me so you know I think you'll like these. Uh, I think you'll like these storylines. You'll like the rest of the storylines. Let, let's just fucking go for it. Let's, let's yeah. see what Spencer's got for you today. So give me your okay. finest number and letter combination, my friends. Yes, four A, please. Four A, okay. Four A. Uh, oh boy, okay. Um, so do you want to know who you could have had? Yes, let's hear him. You could have had Kurt Angle. Okay. You didn't get Kurt Angle. Right. You could have got Landstorm. Okay. You didn't get Lance Storm. Oh. I've done him. I've done him. You have done Lance Storm. You've done yeah. a full episode of Lance Storm, actually. I've yeah. done a full episode of Kurt Angle. So, um, ah. you could have got somebody who we haven't done a full episode on. Oh, no, we have, actually. Um, sorry, you could have got Kevin Nash, uh, NWO. <laughs> oh, do how many times? <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. Um, Sexy Awesome came from me talking about Kevin Nash. Remember? Right, with um, right, yeah. Mike Awesome. <laughs> sexy Awesome. Um, but the, the funny thing is, there's also the person you did get is someone who you have also done an episode on. So the person you got was Taz. Uh, no, not Taz. Oh, Mike Bennett. No, not Mike Bennett. One more guess. Season one. Oh, season one. Oh boy, who did I do in season one? Dean Malenko. Oh, Dean Malenko. Hey, the Radicals. Remember? Yeah, man, that was good. So your wrestlers, Dean Malenko. Your scenarios um, are well, the scenarios you didn't get where Dean Malenko wants to give up a life of wrestling to join the circus. Mm-hmm. Think of that. Easy, easy. But next one. 
You, you couldn't. I like this one. You didn't get this one. You, you didn't get Dean Malenko loses all their money due to a bad horse racing investment. <laughs> I like that eyes go. <laughs> it's a bad, it's a really Good. bad investment. Could have had some um, fun with that one. Keep keep the suggestions for this one that I didn't get, and we'll reuse them later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, recycle them. Yeah, yeah. good, good suggestions. Um, you could have got, you didn't get. Dean Malenko gets told by general manager that they can only win matches with moves from the top rope. Okay. So Dean Malenko, not much of a top rope grappler. Uh, you you though, you um, don't know Dean Malenko. Yeah. Well, you also like, remember he did like a big fucking oh, what was it called? The, the rib breaker to Rey Mysterio off the top rope at one point. That was fucking ridiculous. Oh yeah. But yeah, what, what's it called? The one that's like your ribs are over the knee. I don't know. I've forgotten the name of the move. Gutbuster. Gutbuster. Gut yeah. Um, but you didn't get that. You got Dean Malenko forgets they are a wrestler <laughs> and is convinced they are a famous football player, which is soccer. He's, he's putting okay. brackets there. So soccer player, f- football. Uh, oh, we, we, we call it football. Yeah, exactly. Uh oh. So, Dean Malenko forgets they are a wrestler and is convinced they are a famous football player. How do you feel about that? Players. I don't know, I don't know, Dick, about football. I was going to say, you don't know football, you're living I don't know, that. So, I don't know yeah. a single thing about football. <laughs> Can you name a footballer? Yes. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> P.S. I will answer no more questions about football. <laughs> <laughs> you must know, you must know like, names like Ronaldo. Pele. Yeah, Pele is one. Yeah, he like. said that's good enough. I only needed one. <laughs> Dean Malenko thinks he's Pele. Yeah, okay. Dean Malenko uh, forgets they're a wrestler and thinks they're a famous soccer player. Yes. Okay. Okay, all right. Are you, are you ready? Yes. <laughs> Let's see what you can do with this. So, Dylan, you've got 60 seconds, mate, to tell me all about how Dean Malenko forgets they are a wrestler and is now convinced they are a famous soccer player. So... I'm going to start that countdown in three, mm-hmm. two, one. Let's play ball. Okay, so uh, we're talking like uh, the WWF, like 2000 or 2001, whenever Dean Malenko like, moved over to from WCW. And he has a match against the 60 Blackman, right? Because he would have been around that time. See Blackman wallops him in the head with a kick or a cinder block or whatever. And that hurts Dean Malenko's head. He's like, oh, I got, I'm all woozy now. So he gets amnesia or whatever the one is that, where you forget all this stuff. And he's like, oh, man. So he sees a football game on the television. And then the next day when he turns up to work, but they're like, where's your gear? And he's like, what is this? Where's the pitch? And they're like, <laughs> you got to get into the ring. You're fighting, I don't know, fucking, I, who cares? Scotty Duhati. And he's like, I can't. I don't have my, where, what the hell? Where's the goal posts? This is ridiculous. I'm not sticking around this rinky-dink corporation if you guys can't even have a football pitch for me. So he quits the WWE at the time, and he goes to play in one of the football tournaments because he's like, I'm a famous football guy, and they believe him. They're like, he sounds good. So they put him in the football tournament, and of course, he's Dean Malenko, great wrestler, not a good football player. So as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as it starts, he like fucks it all up, and they lose the tournament. <laughs> that is one thing you can say about Dean Malenko. Great wrestler. Great wrestler, great terrible football footballer. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that was good. I like that. Yeah, you get some amnesia. It's always always a, a good uh, go-to in KF Tambola. Oh, they get amnesia. Now yeah, they think they're amnesia. a fucking jet fighter pilot. Yeah. <laughs> it works, man. Every time. <laughs> you're sure if you're short on time, amnesia is the way to go. That's uh, amnesia explains everything. Yep. <laughs> it was magic. That's how you That's do it. it. 
is magic. Yeah, thanks again to Spencer for submitting this week's Tombola. Remember, you can check out his YouTube channel and his Total Extreme Wrestling series at youtube.com forward slash Gaming. He did a good Tombola, so I'm going to say he gets a thumbs up from me. Go check out his channel, everybody. Good job, buddy. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, if, if you job, want your... Buddy. You, you, get, you got the job, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you want the job here? <laughs> <laughs> Bananas wearing a tie. <laughs> You, you got, got the job, job, buddy. You got the job, buddy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Nobody gets that reference. Uh, so... <laughs> Everybody who listens to our show better understand that reference. It's very important. I don't think many people will get that reference. That's right? the if, best. We're not, not, we're not explaining it. Yeah. We're not explaining it. Yeah. Let us know. Let us yes. know. Um, those beavers yelling at other beavers and just, yeah. <laughs> exactly. X-ray cat. He can see through words. <laughs> X-ray cat. That's my favorite part because he's like X-ray cat can see through wood. And when the first time I saw that, I'm like, of course X-ray cat can see through wood. He's, he's got X-rays for eyes. Uh, and now I'm like, can X-ray see through wood? I don't know. <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> you can't see so me. He... You can't see me. Yes, I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Uh... If, if anyone anyway. gets some references, let us know. But yeah, um, yes. <laughs> if you want, if you want your Tombola fix uh, picks featured in an episode of Making Kayfabe, all you gotta do is DM us on Twitter or Instagram at Making Kayfabe, or send us a wee email at makingkayfabe at gmail.com. All we need are four wrestlers, four wacky scenarios, and we'll do the rest. Cheers. That was Making Kayfabe. I've been Bryce. He's been Dylan. And uh, hey, thanks for checking out our show, folks. I hope you all enjoyed today's Steve Blackman episode. If you want to be kept in the loop of all things Making Kayfabe, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Making Kayfabe on both of those platforms. If you enjoyed the episode, a cheeky five-star review on your favourite podcast app would go a long way. I don't even think you have to leave a comment these days. Just click five stars and then go on with your day. It does a lot for us. Um, As mentioned earlier, we're on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Making Kayfabe. Five pounds, seven US dollars, does a whole bunch for us and you get some top quality content in return. On the higher tiers as well, we have Match Watch Alongs and our Kefir Conundrum series, which is like a longer version of Kefir Tombola, which where, where we assign each other kind of wacky wrestling shit to write. It's a lot of fun, unless you're the one writing it. That's yeah, you guys, <laughs> you're not going to want to miss this month. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> I mean, we're signing up for it, trust uh, me, guys. <laughs> it's uh it's it's it's, it's fun uh, anyway that that's patreon <laughs> you made it sound like it was fun oh it's probably fun if you listen to it i think but uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not having fun writing that particular storyline you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yes and the, the patreons know what i'm talking about but but yeah that's patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe that's patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe and well there's only one episode left in season four it's been a a wild ride. Uh, D- Dylan is back next week with the final episode of season four, and he's got a a little tease right now for what it's going to be. So, what do you have for us, Dylan? And I sure hope, I sure hope it's not another faction tender season. Well, it's got to be Stevie Richards again, right? Of course, you got to go back to the right the censor, maybe the BWO. You know what? I'm going to surprise you, Brides. Not only is it not involving Stevie Richards, but <gasps> it it does indeed involve a stable because it turns <gasps> out. That's just how I end seasons. <laughs> That's how we do it these days, yeah. Books, stables. <laughs> I mean, if you look at it, you'll see that Bret Hart ended the last season. But really, right. if you listen to that episode, it's there's a stable in it that, that factors very heavily. So really, I'm kind of the king of the stables. 
there's gonna be. I'm gonna bring a, a stable back that I think didn't get any proper recognition. Ooh. You know what I mean? I really don't think it, that it, it went as far. I feel like this stable is very similar to the right to censor in that they were originally just kind of thrown together hmm. with no actual thought uh, other than to fill up TV time or to keep these guys busy. That's what I think about this uh, topic for next month. Wow. I don't want to say in- too much yeah. about it. That's interesting. That, that could be a lot of things. Um, I'm, I'm thinking the job squad, but you know, we'll see. We've done a lot of factions in the past, so it'll be Another kind of narrow it down. We've done, yeah, we've done NWO, we've done uh, Aces and Aces this season, we've done yes. uh, Team Canada, we've done Right Censor, we've done Sanity, Retribution, like yes. so lo- loads of uh, loads of factions. So yeah, as, um, you, you are the faction booker. You are you are the main faction booker. So I'm looking forward to it, whatever it is. So. Well, that's all, folks. Season 4, episode 11's in the bag. It's the season finale next week. Thanks, as always, for your support, folks. You are a bunch of freaking legends, and we really appreciate you. As always, take care, go straight to fucking Mars, and always be kayfabe, my friends. We'll see you next week. Bye.